0: I know what it is. Y'all ready? I'll turn it up. One, two, three! Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel and Holly, uncensored, from Hot
1: 1015. Rolling stones in the rap game, not bragging. Not picking a jack, not sagging. Rolling backwards, I'ma leave it at that.
0: Oh, well, hello. Huh? Wait. Wait, no, wait. There, there. Oh, wait, which one are you on? Is this one it? Wait. Is that it? Now let me see. Which, which one sounds better? Oh, wait, Does
2: oh. it matter? Do I sound the same on this one? As I do on this one?
0: Yes. No. Yeah, I'm now I'm on this go, one. Go on that one. Okay. Perfect. Sorry. All right, so... We've had to make some changes. Yes, we have. Uh, Here we go. Okay, I can hear myself now. Uh, We are back in our sister station, The Dove Studios. Yes. To do Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Yeah. Uh, There have been some changes at the radio station. We have not been let go.
2: Thank the Lord.
0: Uh, But Holly, you are no longer doing Middays on Hot 101.5.
2: No. I'm not. Why? Um. So when I took that on,
0: why'd you get fired?
2: Ah, uh, excuse me. I did not get fired. Mm-hmm. I gracefully <laughs> bowed out. Um, when I took it on, because um. Lo- there was a lot. Of- there was sort of a lot of shuffling of people. If you'll recall, we did have Phoebe doing middays, and then after her maternity leave, she kind of segued over to Magic ninety four nine, and then she actually ended up quitting. And mm-hmm. then we had a space, and they were looking, but then our boss was like, "You know, we like how you sound in the nine o'clock hour, and we think you're a good jock." Which
0: obviously. Thank you. Um,
2: and they're like, well, we'd like for you to do middays. And I was like, oh, cause I used to, I used to do middays and the morning show when we were in Panama city. Mm-hmm. So it's not foreign to me at all. Like this is totally a thing that happens in radio. Right. Uh, I was, you know, uh, okay with, and I thought, mm, can I handle this? And um, at the time I was like, yeah, because it was a little extra money. It was um, a chance for me to kind of do my own thing for a little bit and then you get into it and you sort of forget what all is involved. Right. It's not just can you do the midday? It's also that level of creativity that we have in the morning. Usually, you know, when you're done with the morning show, you kind of can take a break for a little bit and reset your Take
0: a little breather.
2: Yeah. Not so when I'm also doing middays. I'm I'm just full throttle into middays with that creativity um doing some other you know post morning show stuff also on the side and then social media too which at the, at some point i was like i i'm a little i've overwhelmed myself a little it's bit a with lot. this it doesn't seem like it's a lot which i have some feelings of guilt over like it doesn't seem like it's that much and i do enjoy it but for me it was too much especially since i think that started back in like august or september and then my mom had her whole Shit, go down in November, so it it started to be overwhelming for me. And I told our boss that I would always let him know if it started to feel like too much. So, after the first of the year, and it was, it started to feel like too much. Yeah. So, um, I think at, at the end of January, early February, I told him, you know, I will continue to give it my all but I feel like I'm a little overwhelmed and um, if you might maybe you want to start looking for an alternative and I wasn't like I, I wasn't like giving my two weeks notice mm-hmm. I wasn't like I'm done I quit this bitch I, I did not pull a, I netted a mood set of, oh I know. rest in peace famous um, look that up if you're bored one day and I, I was like I'll stay on for however long you need me six months a year just so I know that I've expressed my overwhelmingness uh, and he's like, okay, thank you. I appreciate your honesty. We'll we'll start to look in. And then I thought it would be genuinely like six months or so. And to my surprise, in about a month, there was sort of a new plan in place that involved moving our night guy, Danny, up to middays. And he was thrilled about that. So there we are.
0: And so now you're here.
2: Now we're here. So we no longer have the Hot 101.5 studio to ourselves until 3 p.m.
0: I have to play this, Holly, because, like you said, this is one of the classics. But
2: is kind of long, isn't it? It's
0: a podcast, Holly. The
1: big station, 93 BLX. It is the Gulf Coast number one for hip-hop and R&B. And now with Ray Ray and Miranda, the home team, in the morning. So many liners. Do it to it. What better song to do it to it?
0: Can I just say, I mean, since it's the podcast, and literally I had nothing, like, planned out to talk about. Yeah. Um, This is just a perfect example of how, in radio, And I feel like we've been very lucky when we were in Panama City that we didn't have to like promote a lot of stuff. We just got straight to what we were doing. But when you work, you know, in a bigger market and you have a lot of stuff going on, you got to push it. But then you can't spend a lot of time on it. And so you end up having to learn how to talk really fast. And so, oh, Inetta is like, it's the Gulf Coast Big Station BLX and the home of the Ray Ray and the home farm team. <laughs> we also broadcast a live from Wendy's this weekend. And don't forget, we got Metro PCS coming up and this we weekend. And we got money
2: for you right here on the home team, home, home, fan, fan. And then <laughs> you can get into your content.
0: That is sometimes what it feels like. Yes.
1: It's I net of the Said and I told you I had a very important announcement, and here it is. I refuse. I refuse oh. to walk around and watch people on my job looking over my shoulder, people lying to me, people talking about me. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
0: Now, I remember when this came out, I was in college radio, and I remember we played this on the air, and, I mean, it was— because this came out the same time as the uh, Mobile The Leprechaun. Leprechaun? Yes. And so I remember this was like- Mobile all in... is popping. Yes. I mean, there was so much going on from there at this time. But I remember us being like, I bet that is how radio stations are. People be smiling at you, talking about you behind your back. Have you had that happen to you before at a radio station, Holly?
2: Yes. I'm sure. And yes.
0: Did you find out about it?
2: Yeah. Actually, I saw it happen. So I, mean, I was just like Ugh. and it also happened to me directly like i have lots of stories so it's fine wait you didn't play the rest of it
0: hold on i listen this is a podcast huh? uh, time okay. listen i get to relax i don't have to speed through stuff right now okay so what happened who was talking behind your back A
2: couple things and i love her so much now but i didn't for a long time her name was carla and we worked with her at uh, magic broadcasting carla melvin carla and I love her now. That's how she talks. Um, But I didn't for a while because I was up in the production room, which was on the second floor with a big window looking out to like um, the entryway. Mm -hmm. And I looked out one day and I saw her talking to Steve Kramer, who we worked with. And I that day was wearing a hat And I had pigtails underneath the hat. Mm -hmm. And I saw her do, like, put her hands in, like, pigtails and, like, you know, do that movement with your head where you're, like, making fun of somebody. You're like, meh, 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 Mm meh. So she did that with her little hands and pigtails. And I saw it because the window was right there. (laughs) And I was like, this bitch. I was like, what is she talking about? Why she got to pretend to be me? And me? Ah! I was so oh mad. I God. never did find out what what they were talking about. But eventually I just got over it because she's just a fantastic lady anyway.
0: Have you ever asked her? You should never asked her about it? No, I hadn't. She probably wouldn't even remember. God, I would really love to ask her and just be like, do you remember when <laughs> you made fun of Holly and her pigtails? So this was like when you first got there.
2: He, it must have been. It must have been like. I don't know, maybe like 2009ish. Wow. But then by the time we were done with our second tour of Bantic Broadcasting, I really loved her and I still do. Right. Um and then the second thing, and this is just what I can remember off the top of my head, the uh, one of the other things is when um I did first start there and Steven used to um make fun of like what I look like and what I wore and just everything. <laughs>
0: everything. Your whole being. My, everything about me. Your soul.
2: And so one time I wore this cable knit sweater and he was like what is that? Like you know how he did and mm-hmm. so like what is that and blah 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 and then um, I get this text message and it's a text message of myself in the sweater and the and the um the text that went along with the picture was like do you believe what she's wearing today? <laughs> And I was like, what, what? Oh what god. had happened was he took a picture of me and was supposed to be sending it to his girlfriend, now wife, so that they could talk about my outfit. <laughs> and he sent it to me, dad bitch. So, and then I tried to call him out. He's like, "No, I meant to send it to you. I just, it's, I just, it's gross." And I was like, <laughs> "You lying ass bitch!" Anyway, he also made me burn my sweater. One. Oh my god! It's we remember we've already been through it. We talked about it. We've all like given hugs and stuff. Those are just two of the circumstances I remember. I'm trying to think if anything ever happened. There was, oh God, there was something in Findlay where like some girl um, thought that I was too cozy with our boss oh. and then she uh, w- went to the OM crying about how I get all these special perks because we're too close to the, bo- and then the boss actually did like me a lot. So he's like, can you just cool it with her? And I'm like, I'm not doing anything.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: I was so mad. Did and you me. spit
0: it in her face?
2: I don't, I just stopped being around her.
0: She oh, was wow. one of
2: those people where everything is like meh.
0: Has anyone ever said anything negative to you about me in the years we've worked together?
2: God, I don't think so, Miguel. Like, everybody fucking loves you. <laughs> Everybody fucking hates me pretty much, but everybody loves you. I'm trying to think. Because I've never had any... I mean, any... Steven did, obviously. Like
0: What did he say about me?
2: I don't know. Like, nothing that I can remember. But that was that game that we had to play where sometimes him and I would be, like, right. against you. And then right. sometimes him and you would be against me. But we uh, could never be against him
0: together. Like, there. how insane were those days? Oh, my God. Like I
2: said, I... And I I almost hate to say these things because he's definitely a different person. We get along fine. We're good friends now, and it, I almost feel sad like going back over it, but it happened.
0: Hashtag never forget.
2: It's in my past. Um, so That's I don't know. I'm sure that
0: I, I I've because I've never heard anyone say anything like that about me. So I don't know. Which I'm sure it's been said, but it's never just, it's never gotten back to me.
2: I'm tr- I really am trying to think if I've ever heard anything like derogatory.
0: Like, ooh, that gay bitch.
2: <laughs> no, never ooh, once. Ooh,
0: that drunk. No, no. Ooh, that non-talented hack.
2: I think that you have been described in the past as a bit of a diva.
0: Really? Yes.
2: That's the probably the one thing. Well, Miguel's got to have it his way. <laughs> oh, diva ass coming in here. And then of course when you walk in, hey Miguel <laughs> Yeah. I think I think if there's any complaint, it's that you're a bit of a diva.
0: Wow. Would you agree with that? Sometimes. Really? So what sort of things am I just wanting things my way? Yeah, I or... think it
2: comes from being the host of a show makes you sort of be put in that position, which I understand now true to be true of Kramer. Right. Um, where it would be like when you're the host, you it's your um like your ass is on the line for if some shit goes off the rails, mm-hmm. who do they come to? So you like to have that control over everything. Right. But that sometimes lends itself to It's got to be my way or the highway. If you didn't do it this way, you're like, what the fuck? Not that you've ever even yelled at anybody, but it's just people know. Mm,
0: They know not to fuck with you. But I still smile on your face. (laughs) Back to I-Net of the Mood setter.
1: It is sad. I can't take it. I'm not going to take it. I don't have to take it. I'm not a dummy. I know how to find another job, Mm. but I refuse to walk around people. You can say what you want to say about me, and if you see me on the street, I'll let you know whatever you want to know. But I refuse. For the last six years, I made $6 an An hour. hour. (laughs) That ain't. Nothing. Ain't nothing. I just got a raise after six years. I know I'm qualified and after saying this, I don't care if I ever get another job in radio, period. It does not matter to me. But I never will not be setting the mood at BLX no more. I refuse to walk around with people that will speak to you. Hey, I never. How you doing? But then as soon as you walk by that bitch, <laughs> I will not do it to myself anymore. Love it. So if you're confused about what I'm saying, listen very carefully. I quit this bitch. Come a big on. <laughs>
2: Sweeper out and running a on board. the big station. You love how she potted down the music as she got to her point? I'll put it to you this way. I quit Witness, this bitch. bitch. <laughs> Boom, into the sweeper. Like, just masterful. Oh. So great. And she did end up getting another job somewhere. She
0: did. I wonder if she's still on the radio somewhere. Because I remember this went national. Oh, yeah. And people were offering her jobs all over the place. Hugely and hope, viral. Yeah, I hope she got some money from that. But that was absolutely oh, classic I, right there in
2: fact i always forget but that's where i get like a lot of times i'll be like this bitch mm-hmm. that's where it comes from yeah so like i'll talk about my daughter that way sometimes i be like this <laughs> bitch that's where it came from on that of the mood setter.
0: oh my gosh Love oh it. she's on twitter
2: she is i, I just... gotta follow this bitch
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's at well she hasn't tweeted since 2016 oh uh, okay, well then, what's the point? She's called at mood setup. Mood setup, and it looks like she's still in Mobile, Alabama. Oh uh, well,
2: then she's not on the radio.
0: Yeah, she's done. Well, At least you know what she had her time.
2: You know what? She provided legions of other radio people with what it would feel like vicariously if you ever wanted to get crazy on the air.
0: Seriously, because we've all we've all felt that I was. Uh, cleaning out my garage just organizing it because since I moved into my house in the summertime it was just basically like a storage unit Mm. and so finally I said all right let's take some time and get it organized and of course you got to go through all the boxes that you have and so I found stuff from right when I graduated college and it was like my first paycheck from uh, what was then Clear Channel now iHeartRadio and I was full-time and I think my check was like 600 or 700 dollars that's about right and I was like How did I like when I look back at those days when I was making that money, I don't know how I survived. Like, I, that's why I always tell kids um, whenever I speak to college kids, I'm always like, listen, no one else is going to tell you this, but life's going to suck. It's gonna suck when you graduate. I mean, it
2: was, for a long time, I was like, "Don't tell them that." That just makes everybody downtrodden. But I feel but like someone probably should let a let a person know.
0: I just remember being so angry. I think it was like maybe three or four months after I graduated college, and I remember just being like, "Why did no one tell you that? Like, it was gonna be this hard. Mm. Like, you knew. I like I knew you had to work hard because I had two jobs and I was like working nonstop, but just." juggling being an adult because it's like you go from like oh you don't have classes on tuesday and thursdays and you get summers off where you get to leisurely play to literally i walked across the stage on a saturday i started that monday and haven't had that time off ever again i know and it's just and i guess maybe there is no way to shock you but at least if someone would have said it's gonna be hard you could be like all right i'm ready to Hunker down and brace myself. But I
2: don't know if you're ever really ready for what it is like because no, you, don't no, you don't know, know. Right. until you go through hard times right. what hard times are.
0: Right. And so but I, I guess if it's just, and that's why I always try to say, and, and something I've started saying too. When I when we talk to kids, or I, someone asks me to give a speech about my life, and you know, usually there's some person that'll be like, "Hey, so what advice would you mm-hmm. give?" I mean, even a, about a month ago, I spoke at a Franklin Templeton, um, an investment firm here, and they it was like their LGBT group asked me to speak, and so they had about like 80 people in this big auditorium, and so I told my story, and they were asking some really great questions, and then someone said, well, "Do you have any advice for any uh, young people that are?" And just starting out in the corporate world, which I thought was weird that like I'm speaking to corporate people in a boardroom, and I probably
2: have to wear a suit and tie, right?
0: And I'm in my rent shirt and you know <laughs> CrossFit shoes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I said is save. Your money. Yeah. And I said, and I said this, I said, especially for you all who are here, you probably are making a lot more money in this sort of field than I was when I started. I, there was no way for me to save money. I could not because every cent I had went mm-hmm. to groceries or gas or rent. But when you are, if you come out of college and you're making 50, 60, 70,000, save money. Your money. Go
2: to a financial planner, save get a four oh one K. Start right. your retirement fund, which sounds so dumb. I remember actually in when I was at Clear Channel, I started in Clear Channel also, now iHeart, um, that we had something we had like when I was on the onboarding process at the time, whatever was Clear Channel's thing, um, they probably showed me something about a four hundred one K and I was like, What the fuck is that? <laughs> so I think I was twenty two obviously when I started working. And I, I, still was with my uh, college boyfriend, that lasted about into September of that year. didn't mm. Didn't go further than that. But I remember, so I started in May, and must have been like right at the onboarding process. I'm like 401k. I don't know. And my college boyfriend, who was now that I can look back, admittedly a bit smarter than me at the time,
0: a bit more savvier about being an adult. Savvier,
2: but he had also been an adult for a year longer because he was a year older than me and had graduated and was uh, in the world already. Gotcha. He's like, "What are you doing? Get signed up or put all of the percentages in. And I was like, ugh, but then I don't get that money. Like, what are you talking about? And I felt like it was like, you know me. Like, I felt like it was a scam.
0: You're like, they're going to take my money.
2: And he was like, just don't be stupid. So I <laughs> I timidly signed up for the 401k thing with like the lowest possible percentage because I was like, mm, I don't trust this. <laughs> and so then we broke up. But then thankfully I had done that on his advice because I left Clear Channel with some money in a 401k yeah. that I then rolled over into like a, an IRA and I was able and it just kind of sat there for a while because I didn't know what to do with it. Right. But I ended up needing that money a couple of years ago and I... I, it went back down to nearly nothing. But I had it. So but you were
0: able to use it.
2: My advice is when you're twenty two, do it. Yeah. Because then you it's like you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. So
0: and it's just it's just so interesting, so many lessons as you are getting older. I was just listening to a podcast uh with Oprah and she was interviewing Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. which was actually very interesting because when you see Jimmy and well especially before, you know, his kid went through the surgery he had to go through and he got on the healthcare Mm -hmm. uh, kick and just really started being more political. Before that, you just saw him, like, he just was always, like, the sort of mean spirited of yes. the late night talk show. I was show gonna people. say that's always.
2: I never really liked Jimmy Kimmel that much because I always felt like he was the mean one.
0: Right, right. But when you listen to him, it's actually very fascinating the interview because he started in radio mm. and he talks mm-hmm. about like being loyal and. The,
2: was, it, was it him that did the Man Show?
0: Yeah, he did the Man Show. Yeah. See, this is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like you mm-hmm. had this
2: already in your head thing of Jimmy Kimmel. You're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. But one of the things he talks about is that you know. You well, like when you are 23, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you're, you know, 32, you think you know everything. And then when you're 42, you think you know everything. But you never stop, but you hopefully have learned some wisdom in that time to understand how you were not that smart that back then, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't know everything. Right. It's just have, not possible. No, but you have to learn those lessons. So I would definitely look up if you're interested. It's a Oprah Super Soul Conversations. Yes. It's actually really, really fascinating.
2: I didn't see the one with Jimmy Kimmel yet. I will. That's on my list of podcasts that I listen to. And it's a short list, by the way.
0: <laughs> it's ours. Because
2: I listen to ours. It's my boyfriends, which I um listen to not every one of them, but probably uh, like at least once every couple weeks because i i like to see what he's doing and his is bucks uncensored by the way and listen i have oprah's super soul conversations and um there's other there's one other like inspirational sort of borderline spiritual but it's just like positive motivation mm. so that oh and i want to listen oh
0: um,
2: <clears throat> i want to listen to that one miguel the making of oprah mm. i haven't mm-hmm. gotten a chance to do it yet but i will do that
0: so good it's actually if you I don't know if it'll pop up if you type making Oprah, but if you type in making Obama, Mm -hmm. it's sort of a series that they started a couple of years ago. But the making Oprah is so interesting if you're a media person or want to get into media, because I've learned some things from it about Oprah's past and sort of what her philosophies are and sort of how ours have matched up unknowingly in sort of how she got to where she is Ooh. and was. So it's actually very fascinating. Yeah,
2: I wanna, I wanna check that out. So
0: I definitely put that on your list. Uh, but speaking of your boyfriend, Holly. Yes. You have uh, had some life changes yourself. I have. What
2: happened? Well, um, so my boyfriend moved in. Hi, boyfriend. My boyfriend's name is Justin.
0: The artist formerly known as Mr. Dimples. Yes,
2: we are hanging up Mr. Dimples, but in an effort to provide some continuity and some um, context for you. So you're not like, who's Justin? We called him Mr. Dimples. So we're mm-hmm. sort of retiring that nickname and just going to call him Justin. But he's also known as the Commish in the Tampa Bay community because he's a big... Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and has like created this group this fan group and so that's his podcast like Bucks Uncensored and he started this stick carrier movement and it's just because he loves having a good time at games and he wants a big group of people to do it with Right. so that's what it really is all about and he's got this big draft party coming up um, in April and so they have like a um, Facebook page and everything and it's just so fascinating to have watched this whole thing organically come about mm. and I give him so much credit for sort of being the ringleader of this crazy circus because oh. you trying to like corral these men and women who are slightly crazy oh. because they're all excited Bucks fans. Right. And um he does a great job. So anyway, I, I say all that to say he um, moved in officially this weekend, but we've sort of already been living together since November because when my mom had her shit go down, she was the one that would take care of my daughter, Maya, during the mornings. Mm-hmm. So then it was like. What now? Mm. I mean, I I don't have a life plan in place right now. Um, And so we had only been... How long would it be... We'd been dating for eight months Mm. and um, he knew my daughter. My daughter knew him. And so he's like, and we of course thought it was very short term. He's like, well, I'll just make sure I stay there every um, day now. Cause he had been staying over, I think two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'll just be there every weekday and I'll take her to school. And I was like, it's too much. It's too much for you. You cannot. It's, I I don't want to put that pressure on you. Like I felt awful, but he was like this. I love this. He loves being a dad. He mm. loves dadding. So um, he was jumped right in. Did not even, like, never made me feel any type of way about it. Right. Which, who, I don't remember who I was talking to. Maybe our promotions director, Mike Olivero. And he was like, you know, some guys would have been, like, dipped out after Girl, about a week and a
0: half. Bye, I'm done.
2: Right? Like, carding someone else's child off to school and making sure she's all, like, it's a lot.
0: Do you think if he did not have a child from his previous marriage, he would have been willing to step up like that?
2: I think he would have because he has always wanted a family. Like, Mm. I mean, this is a man who knew in high school that he wanted to be a dad like his dad is. Mm. And so some people, just in their bones, are meant to be great parents, right? and he is. And so I feel like even if he didn't have a child, he would have stepped up. I don't think it would have been as easy for him, though, Mm. because at least he had a grasp of what it means already. Like he had experienced it with his own child, and so that helps, I think. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's so fascinating because I remember dating or talking to a guy – when we first moved here, who had a kid, Mm -hmm. and everyone was like, you know, don't not date him because of that, but just know that one, that kid will always come first, and two, that's a lot to enter into with someone.
2: Yeah, and I knew that, too. And and they're right. It is.
0: And so, and that's why the thing just fizzled out, not because of the kid, but... Because that person at the time had some stuff they had to work through for their own selves. Yeah. And when someone tells you who they are, believe them. And when they said, I'm a reformed slut and I'm still working through it.
2: Oh. I was like. Still working through it. That's an interesting way to phrase
0: it. That was probably the one time in my life that I really let that saying by Maya Angelou. When people tell you who they are, believe them. And I said, you know what? We'll just be friends.
2: That's where you have to trust people to know themselves better than you do. You know, you've only known someone for like a month or a year or five years, but right. they've known themselves their whole life. hmm So- And when they
0: say that, you believe it. And yeah. so I did. Yeah. So how's it going so far? I mean, even though he's been living there- There's no out.
2: Right. I know. And he has um, just been really excited about it. He's got a lot going on, though, right now between moving in and work for him is crazy. And he's got this stick carriers movement with a draft party coming up. Um, So he's under a lot of pressure. So it was like the perfect storm of life change, I feel. Or not Mm. life change, but like level of responsibility probably Mm. so he's been you know just feeling a lot of responsibility a lot of pressure lately so I um, I think that he is super glad to be moved in though Mm -hmm. because it first of all he was spending money on rent in a place that he did not live So now that doesn't have to happen anymore. Right. But it's going really well. I mean, over the past... There were some learning curves for all of us. But over the past... November, November, January, February. Over the past four months, we've really gotten into a nice routine. Mm. And I love it. Like, I love this life that we have right now. It's just so... It, like, warms my heart up. I don't know. It just... There's some... Hmm. I know that you are uh, people are like, well, don't just fall into a routine with your life. But I happen to love routine. And so when I say (laughs) that we have this nice routine, it feels so um, comforting to me that we do have this routine and that we all seem to be on the same page and that it's stable for my daughter. Because I was always worried about like, okay. I can I can navigate being a divorced parent because my parents are divorced, so I can navigate that. Right, But I'm not quite sure how to navigate dating mm. uh, as a parent. And that gave me a lot of anxiety because right. I, I didn't know what to do, you know. But it's just really worked out very well.
0: It's so fascinating to watch how life unfolds. I mean, and I feel like life is a routine and you always want to do things to sort of like spice it up Mm. by adding you know a little tilt that's what they use the term they use in improv is you want to tilt the scene to spice it up or uh uh, just make it more interesting sure
2: so you don't get bored exactly
0: exactly and so but i feel like the first three years we've been here it was just the first two years it was just nuts it was chaos like there was just I feel like my body was so used to craziness that now that I've sort of settled into a sort of similar situation I'm my eyes are open and like what's the next piece of shit that's gonna fly my way
2: but that's what's well the, I know
0: because
2: <laughs> I know because it's true when we and you know what I'll say even before we moved here for me especially and I think for you too because you um you knew that we were going to be leaving Panama City at some point mm-hmm. um I was going through post childbirth what i now believe to be like postpartum depression where i sort of sort of lost myself so that started for me in 2013 the end of 2013. Mm. and that went on through 2014 where i kind of just was cr- a crazy person right? and then 2015 we moved here and that and like there was a there was such a mess of us leaving panama city because of the way we had to leave it and then moving here and anytime you have a job or a city move like that it's stressful mm. and then we started this job and the things were still stressful with friends and with family and then i got divorced and like it has been now that i think about it like a fucking whirlwind for the last four ish years And so finally, and then my mom thing
0: (laughs) happened. I mean, I guess that's life when you think about it. It is, because
2: there's always something, and then you kind of calm down a little bit, and then there's the next thing, like the next hurdle or turn or tilt, if you want to call it that. Um, But it's been kind of – this is the first time – in that chaotic past several years, where I feel like I at least have a a solid home base of mm. I I enjoy this and I know what I'm doing and I got it right. Yeah,
0: I can see that and I feel that and I feel like I'm I'm getting there.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about you.
0: I, oh. Hi. Hey.
2: Um. What's uh What's I- going on with Mr. Silver Fox? Are we calling him Silver Fox still?
0: Uh, yeah, I think for the... I I think because I like how y'all were together for a year. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, now we can... Because the whole reason why we... Give guys like that a name is because years ago when I was a serial dater, you had a lot of dates. There was a lot of people, and so I'd tell, I'd be like, "Well, I was going out with Brian. I was going out with Cole. But see, that's the thing. We didn't,
2: we didn't even want to say names, right? Because you don't want to call people out on the radio. So it was actually a consultant who suggested that because Miguel Mm -hmm. was like, "Well, I went out with this guy, and then I went with this other guy, and then this other guy said this, this, and I'm like." It was too much. I don't know who we're talking about anymore. And
0: so she was like, why don't you give them sort of nicknames? And so that's why there have been like a litany of nicknames who we've had over the years. And so I feel like that. I like that tradition of like, y'all were together for a year. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of shed that skin of Mr. Dimples. And now he is Justin. Yeah. And so, and
2: he's okay with it too, by the way, because if he didn't, Oh, he's been ready. (laughs) He has been ready. This poor man. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So but and like and he was okay with it because he used to be in radio, so he uh has is fine with his name out there. Right. For a while it was also necessary to call him Mr. Dimples because he was going through his divorce. Right. And I mean, you know, he had was already separated, but legally things had to be worked out and you don't like you need to be a little bit prudent <sighs> with that. Yeah. So there were reasons, you know.
0: That's just and that's just another thing that I've been that sort of changed my advice I give to people about how messy life can be, mm-hmm. and how people say, oh girl, he messy. Well, messy isn't a bad thing all the time. It's about how you work through it and communicate through it. And so in your situation with you and Justin, you know, as you all were starting to get to know each other, he was separated, but he was still dealing and closing that chapter on his life and so a lot of times before you went through that situation my advice would have been like well you probably don't need to go down that path and give that person a chance to sort of get themselves together before they try to hop into something else oh yeah
2: i was worried, and i've told him this before like i was nervous because i was like uh well i I wouldn't i wasn't sure of the exact timeline but i knew it was pretty soon and so i was like I would have given the same advice to myself right. I would have been like, oh, you need to let that get give that a year he needs to be like no, just he he's not ready. but right. you know what like every person is different mm-hmm. and as it turns out like he was ready he just his situation was different right so every person's situation is different
0: yeah and I think w- it, it was, so, talking about Mr. Silver Fox who we're gonna call him that because we're what eight months I think in mm-hmm. um I think right now we're going through a phase where I'm having to understand our situation, that it's not the same. And I think for the first time in my life, I'm with someone who is equally as wanted and needed as I am. Because a lot of times in my past, I'm the person who's like, sorry, I gotta go work.
2: I have a work obligation. I have to go be Miguel Fuller.
0: I have to, excuse me, let me put on my skin and be (laughs) Miguel Fuller from the radio. Yeah. But my boyfriend, he has a very demanding business that he's building. He has a big family that they have a lot of obligations to. And when I think about it, the people I've dated in the past, I didn't have either of those. They didn't have, you know, super, super demanding jobs. It was like a nine to five and you're done. Or they didn't have contact with their family. And so they sort of were like, hey, what do you want to do? I'm there. And so I think what I'm dealing with now is finding a balance of like, how much do I get of you and is that enough for me? Mm. And can we work through it? And I think we are because it's a constant conversation of, um, you know, him recognizing, okay, I, I gotta like I have all these obligations that I've always had, but like you're in my life now, so I gotta make time to choose you. Yes. And so that's sort of the conversation we're having and, and he realizes that because we were talking about there's um a, a big important thing in his family that's happening um this summer Mm -hmm. and it's the same weekend as saint Pete pride and we do a lot with saint Pete pride and that's very important to me yeah Uh, we host the parade and so there's something very important to his family that's happening and he was like oh shit and he was like well i i know that that's important to my family but i know how important pride weekend is to you and i don't want to miss it and i'm like listen I'm not gonna influence you. I mean, granted, of course I'm gonna, you know, be Miguel right, and right. be a bitch about it a little bit. A
2: little bit. A
0: little bit, but know that like if you decide to go with your family for that, know that it will hurt me and I will be sad, but I understand mm-hmm. because that's something that's the situation that's happening, it's something that's very personal and deep with his family.
2: Is it a deal breaker?
0: No, that's not. Because if it were something um like, what that is, I like, I, it's, to me, it's sort of like, and I, this is, God, this is fucking why I love This Is Us so much.
2: Oh, my gosh. I still haven't seen the damn finale. Oh, you gotta watch it, Holly. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh I'm just God. missing that one episode.
0: Right. Oh, it's so I'm good.
2: Tired, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, Miguel. <laughs> I'm tired. i watch it this weekend.
0: But a, a lot of it is sort of like how uh, Tess and Toby and, uh, well, I guess if, uh, what's his name? Tess? Uh not Tess. um, What Randall's wife?
2: Yeah, no, yeah. Is
0: it Tess, right?
2: Tess yeah, Tess. No, that's his daughter's name. It's Tess. I was like, who's Tess?
0: Uh, uh, Now I have to know this. Oh God. Wait a minute. Wife. (laughs) This is us. I'm so mad I can't remember this. Tess. Uh hold on. Oh my god. I feel so dumb. Jack Pearson Randall Pearson Beth!
2: Beth! Beth!
0: Beth Pearson Beth Pearson Beth
1: Tess you know here we go
0: this is actually great I have like the whole family tree <laughs> on Wikipedia okay. uh, but you know how like Toby and Beth
2: and, and Miguel and Miguel
0: that's the other person Miguel they call them the big three
2: yeah, yeah. Kate Yeah, those people, well, they're they're called the big three anyway, but they feel like outsiders to the big three.
0: Right, right, right. And so that sort of, and that's why I identified with that storyline as it was going on this season, and they explored that, uh, especially like with the Las Vegas episode. Um, That's the feeling that you get sometimes dealing with my boyfriend and his family because of this tragedy they went through that they are super, super close now. Mm. And so- that's not my place to sort of like get in that but then also I think what uh not Rebecca Beth what Beth Beth was communicating in that uh one episode is you know you still need to know that I'm here and that like I know you have that family and I I understand that and I appreciate that but I'm still here yeah and so right now in the beginnings of our relationship we're trying to find the balance of that yeah of that because then on top of that also his business partner is his best friend and they live together yeah and so they yeah. spend a lot of time together and so what's unfortunate is that you know depending upon like what's going on in our lives at the station there'll be weeks where like we're Up at 3.30, and we're going all the way until, you know, I get to CrossFit at 5, and then I get home, and, like, it's been a whole full day, and I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. But then there are some weeks where we don't have a lot going on, and then I could be done by, like, 11, and I'm just sitting at home, and I go to CrossFit, and, like, I've been alone most of the day by myself, Mm -hmm. and so then I'm just kind of like, hey... Hey, hey! And then he's been working. He's busy. He's busy. He's a painter, so he's, he's outside legit working. Busy. And especially- That's how I
2: am right now with Justin because he is le- He has a real job. We have real <laughs> jobs. Don't get me wrong. But he's like, you know, um, shirt, nice slacks, mm-hmm. like emailing, headset on, and oh. like is actually doing a like an adult hard job. job. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, hey, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Working. Hey. Yep. Just. I'm just walking the dog. Hey. want to see what you're doing.
0: Hey. Hi. Hey. I get it. And so I think right at this moment, what I'm working through is so like last night, he, his business partner's out of town. So he's having to like handle stuff at their house, all these business, you know, because right now they're in that beginning stages of growing their business where like, you have to be super attentive to every person mm-hmm. that reaches out because yeah. that's money. And they're trying to get stuff on the books for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I we were here. I, we were done pretty early. I went home. I took a nap. Yeah. I went to CrossFit. I was there for two <laughs> hours because we're training for a CrossFit competition. Yeah, And so then uh, I, I'm done with that. And I, I he calls me and i'm like hey are you coming over and like we had talked about um reheating up the dinner i made the other night and he was like i have to go drop off a bid i have to go price out something and i won't be done until about 9 and so in that moment i was trying my hardest not to be like oh no well oh, but you said oh shit but I want to be as supportive as possible because there'll be things. Cause life is messy. It is. It is, and so that's why. And, and I haven't talked to him about this specifically, and I will. And I, because I, I did give him a little attitude, and I felt bad about it when I woke up this morning. Um, but that's that's what we're working through right now is like trying to find I think that
1: balance.
2: That might be a constant working through because of the way our job is, and because of the way his is. And I say this because of how Justin's job is, like. Mm-hmm. There are just uh, idiosyncrasies that don't match up. And so um, just stuff that's going to be misaligned and and you're like – well, maybe I fumbled this one, and I'm sorry. And let's let's make it better next time.
0: Right. Um right.
2: And it just is. It's that's that work life balance that we were just talking about before the podcast, where there really is none.
0: No. It's very not. difficult. It's it's like you said that uh, Shonda Rhimes said is that you know one moment when you're trying to be a good when you're being a good mom, you're fucking up at work. Yeah. And when you're being amazing at work and killing it, you're fucking up being a parent. Yeah. Or in that relationship. Yes.
2: It's like you can't excel at everything all the time. Right.
0: Right. And you you want to hope that you can do everything, but you really can't.
2: You're one human. Yeah. I mean, that only has a few modes all at once. And it's right. like, I think that's what everyone strives for, is to be a great partner, because I know I do. Like, I want him to be so happy, and I want to be what he needs as a partner. Right. I also want to be the mother that my daughter needs. I want to be the employee that this company needs and the co-host that you need and it's like though all those things can't happen simultaneously
0: right right. so
2: you split your day up into you know in the mornings Mm -hmm. this is what we do and then I go home and then I take care of a little bit of business and then I'm mom and then at the end of the mom day that's like okay now I'm I'm trying to be a really great partner so it's like the day is segmented But then what about the days that get topsy-turvy or where you're forced to choose or, like, one thing has to take precedence? Mm -hmm. That's the constant struggle.
0: It is. It is. It is. And so that's just, I I guess, working through, you know, when I get that, like, attitude of, like, well. Because, you know, what I've always said is that I think you and I are similar in this way is that when even if someone just throws out a plan of something, like, I hold on to it. And I'm like, I'm gonna make it something like,
2: I know because if you've thrown out a plan, now it's in my head, and right. especially if it's something that I'm I want to do, right? I've <laughs> if you've even screwed out a plan, I'm assuming that it's already happening.
0: Um, it's I've planned out right. a five course meal. I'm
2: like, oh, good, we're doing that, right? Well, if it was just tentative, right? You know that I I I'm like, oh, but oh, right, yeah.
0: But then sometimes you you can't. Because we had plans to do it, but then something came up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, go get your money.
2: I know. And I'm sure he feels on the other side of that receiving end of the the attitude that sometimes happens. Um, Bad, but also put out, like... Bitch, I'm working.
0: Yeah, he did tell me. What do you
2: want me to fucking do? Stop putting me through this guilt trip because I'm doing (laughs) my job.
0: He did tell me one time I did that. And I I didn't realize I was being that bad. Yeah. And he was like, it kept him up all night because then he was worried about me. And he was like, I hope he's not super mad. I feel like I disappointed him. And it said it kept him up. And he's trying
2: to, and I bet he was thinking like, I'm trying, but I I don't know what to do.
0: Right. Right cuz then I shut down. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> At least you recognize that you do that. I like that's a step, right?
0: I guess I yeah, I recognize that I I can I can be a bitch and be a little I can put people off. I guess that's I feel like everybody has a power like a that like that's their bad superhero power. Yeah. And mine is that like if I want to bring a room down and Make everybody feel awful. Like,
2: you have that power. Remember that show Heroes? Wasn't there one of the people that had the ability to make (laughs) moods change? That's you. And I was always a fucking long for the rise, but I'm not with everybody. Like, I wish I had that power. It must be very nice. I'm the. I'm only ever affected by it. Some people aren't affected as much right. as others. Right. I feel the full force of Hurricane Miguel <laughs> or Hurricane Justin or Hurricane whoever. My mother. If any of you are feeling any type of way, I know it immediately. Oh my god! And then. Even if we, like, Miguel, if you and I talk it out, Mm -hmm. I'm in that mood with you. Right, Like, if Justin is, like, I don't know, having a bad day at work Mm -hmm. or is just, you know, worried about something, suddenly, like, I'm there. Right. Me too. I'm in it. I'm with you. If my mom is, like, upset about something, I am now upset about something. (laughs) And I I have a hard time removing my personal feelings from Mm -hmm. other people's personal feelings. Mm -hmm. So, but you have the power to... Be the feeling shifter.
0: Right. And you know what? I feel like 95% of the time I use it for good. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's what I do every morning. I feel like I do. And then there's that other 5% (laughs) that when I'm like, I will bring death and destruction to everyone around me. And I feel it.
2: And I bet you that he feels it. Here's my question. Uh huh. Okay. So you Mm. know that you can do that. Mm -hmm. Do other people who have the power to do that and know they have the power to do it or do some people just do it unintentionally
0: I don't think so like he he has that um he does that as well and now that he's not now that he's doing his painting business full time there's not as much of it but there will be there would be times where we would talk on the phone and I could always tell when uh, he'd call me and he'd be like hey oh and i'd be like oh fuck here we go i'd be like how's your day how do you think it was?
1: Oh no! And then oh, you're shit. like, Oh
0: god! And already, th- I'm
2: already feeling really right?
0: stressed out. And then I'm like, because it's always when he like has this curt response when he answers the phone or yeah. whenever he calls me. Yeah. Um. And so I'm really
2: bad about text messages, by the way. <laughs> if you don't include all of the letters in an "I love you," if it's just "love you," something's up. Also, <laughs> if you don't use proper punctuation, I will assume that it's the worst. <laughs> and then I start feeling whatever that is. So I just, I'm a receptor. Yes, yes. I'm I'm an empath.
0: Yes. (laughs) Mm. And so I I had to tell him one particular time, he, it was a, it was a Saturday because we were going to a charity event and he had been working all day and I think I was just like slaying around all day, not doing anything (laughs) on a Saturday.
2: Which probably pissed him off in the first place. Right,
0: Exactly. And so I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to make sure you have a good time, like, i wash your clothes, like, we're going to get drinks, I'm going to get the Uber, you just go shower, get yourself ready, I got everything handled. And when I got the Uber to his house, and he was sitting on the porch, and when I walked up, he sat on the chair and he didn't get up, and then he just launched into this tirade. And so I sat down, and in my head, as he was talking, I was sort of ignoring him, and I was like, all right. You are not like hearing
2: what he says. It goes into yeah. if it's a movie, yes. it gets muffled.
0: <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, "So, in this moment, Miguel, oh god, do you want to be a bitch? Oh my god, do you want to stay silent or do you just want to ignore it and just be happy? Oh god." And so I sat there and I was like, "Fuck this shit."
2: You were I netted a mood setup. girl.
0: I I netted the mood setup all over him. I said, "Let me tell you something." Oh god. And I put my finger up, and we have not had a lot of these sort of conversations. And I said, when I approach you and I am bounding up the stairs to see you, do not greet me like that. I can't handle that. Mm. I'm like, we have to go to this charity event with all of our friends, and now I'm in a shitty fucking mood. Don't greet me like that. Or tell me before I get here so I can arm myself and then I can do whatever I can to help lift your spirits. Mm. But when you greet
2: me like that, like a, a negative wind, yeah,
0: I can't handle that. Mm. And he was like, and I then I felt bad because as I was saying it, you could see like the concern over his face. And he was like, and then like grabbed my hand. He was like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't realize." And I was like, "It's fine." I was, this is what makes us great is that we talk about these things. And then I've I've never had a relationship where I felt like I could do that. Yeah and And so, I was like, "I'm so grateful that we can talk like this, but, like, I can't have you do that. That hurts my heart and my soul. yeah. And then I feel like a puppy who went bounding up to the to the person yeah. when they get home, and you just kicked me to the side. That's what it feels like. you
2: got smacked in the nose with the newspaper, yeah.
0: And so he goes i'm I'm so sorry." and he it hasn't happened anymore. Mm. so okay. I, so so, yes, he does have that power, but he doesn't realize it.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious cuz like you know you have the power. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's um because you are also empathetic and so you sort of have self-awareness yeah. in that capacity or if um like I just felt like my mom had no idea but like it was always a, it's a constant with her. Mm. Like if she's in a mood or whatever when I get to her assisted living, then I'm in a mood. Right. And I can't get out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's interesting. Uh, but yeah so I, I feel like that I learned a lot because my mom was like that and so I feel like a lot of times growing up I was always very sort of like ooh let me let me make myself very small if she's in that mood but I learned how to do that as well
2: interesting
0: mm-hmm.
2: see that I feel like I same because I think our our mothers even though they're super different right have some very striking similarities mm-hmm. and I opposite of you never i just learned to just shut my mouth mm. but i'm trying especially in this new relationship to be more vocal right. because i think it's only beneficial it and is. now that i'm 36 mm. like it's about time right? right to like talk through any kind of problems which is what i love about our relationship too is that we talk about stuff
0: right and i and i love that cuz <clears> the <throat> first time I, I i said something about it and i i was like i i i was like i'll do what i always do i just sit on it i won't say anything and then i'll forget it and then i was like i can't like i've got to say something and i felt so much better afterwards and
2: i think didn't you we talked about this i think in the last podcast we did which was because we both came from homes that either were single parent always or like you know sort of like a couple different um Partners for your mother. Mm-hmm. And then I had the divorce happen. We were sort of operating under the guise of, well, if it just gets bad enough, they're just going to leave. Right, right. And so I like that was sort of life changing for me after we sort of had that uncovering. Mm-hmm. And so I've really applied it because I I believe that he's not ever going to leave. Like I just he had to he had to remind me throughout several fights and he's like i'm not going anywhere that's not even part of this fight just fight with me on what we're fighting about and i was like oh and so once i finally grasped onto that i feel like our relationship blossomed and i think Mm. i said that last time too but like i think that helps when you suddenly realize wait a minute they're not gonna leave right not necessarily gonna leave because of this fight if they do leave it might be for some other reason but like not Not this fight this
0: particular fight not gonna happen wow yeah relationships are so fascinating as you get older yes. and you really understand who you are and you really understand the person that you're with and it's not this huge mystery.
2: And you keep getting to know them. Yes. Yes. And I think maybe the expectations aren't as wildly uh, unrealistic.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, It's like this is real life and we're just trying to do it together. Yes. Yeah.
0: Big takeaway.
2: Yeah. So – if you're single right now and you're listening to all this, like, oh, my relationship is so great, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I feel like there's ah! nobody wants to hear that when they're single. But I think it it helps to point out that, like, almost exactly a year ago, the podcast that we did, uh, like, a year ago, I was, like, done. I was like, well, it's just not going to happen for me. I'm not going to find what I want. But, right. you know, whatever. At least I know what I want. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I literally found it. Yeah. Um. And here we are a year later. And if you've been with us through this podcast journey, you— sort of see the evolution of what can happen Yeah, and it's not like obviously I'm not you and you're not you know me but I mean if it can happen for me it can happen for you
0: mm-hmm. I told your ass I
2: know thank you mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to tell St. Pete Sam right now mm. she's going through it like the exact same thing yeah um, so we were out with her this past weekend and I was like I wish I could just you, but you can't in that moment that's what you think because you're in it, you can't I, see outside of it.
0: I remember literally, I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was just when you are in the studio and when you were like, I just don't know if I, I think it was on the podcast. And you are like, I just don't know if I'll be able to find anyone. I've never wanted to punch you in the face like I did in that moment and I was like are you fucking kidding me? You think out of everybody actually I think I said this exact same thing out of everybody in this entire world there's not one fucking person for you.
2: I'm sorry. It's just that you have to understand when you're in it it's hard to see outside of it.
0: No I mean I I don't even know why I was that mad because how many times have (laughs) I been like I think I'm just going to be alone forever. Like if we
2: could go back to the conversation we had in your car where (laughs) two separate conversations years apart when you told me You looked me dead ass in my eyes and you said, I think I've really come to terms with the fact that I'm just going to be alone. (laughs) And I didn't know how to respond to that. I was like, all right. Well, Well, that sounds... Awful, but okay. We're going to go with that one. That's fine. So, yes, it's it happens to all of us.
0: Uh, have hope. Have hope, my friends. All right. Well, we are done with this podcast. We've talked your ears off enough. Holly, what's all your social media?
2: Radio Holly.
0: All of mine is Miguel Fuller, M I G U E L F U L L E R. You can always catch up with Miguel and Holly uncensored at hot1015tampabay.com. You can go also on the Hot 1015 app, or if you go on iTunes, just Type in Miguel and Holly uncensored. Make sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time. Want more Miguel and Holly? Listen to past episodes of Miguel and Holly uncensored at hot1015campabay.com, the hot1015 app, or on
2: iTunes.